Welcome to the Gonzo Chronicles. I'm your host, Cyrus Alderwood, the official spokesman for Generation X. Stick around. It's going to get weird, as always. to the Gonzo Chronicles. This is Cyrus Alderwood. Uh, I'm shooting from the hip on this one today, folks. We had some big, big news this week. Well, first thing that I noticed was the uh, former prime minister of Japan, Shinzo Abe, assassinated. Wow, that was big news. It was really big news. I thought it would actually royal international markets, but they just batted an eye, apparently. Another big piece of news I was quite surprised because uh, on Friday, was it Friday, Thursday morning when I got up, I started getting text messages and emails on various social media sites and in my email box uh, asking me if I knew someone had destroyed the Georgia Guidestones. And I thought, what? So I looked, so sure enough, uh, someone at, I guess, around 3.34 in the morning, uh, I guess, put an explosive device on one of the uh, columns and blew the hell out of the Georgia Guidestones. Now, for those of you who are like, what's the Georgia Guidestones? I did a show on this uh, podcast on this quite some while back, actually. Uh, it, it was kind of an interesting interesting story behind the Guidestones because I was actually um, I was talking about it in regards to the book that I wrote, Revelation Calling. And I guess I'm quite surprised because I, I guess that book had a little, I don't know about a more well-read, but it was, uh, I guess, the people who knew about it. I'm surprised how many people actually knew about it. Whether they bought it and read it or not, I, I don't know. But I got somewhere between 35 and 40 combinations of texts and emails and through social media sites and all this. So anyway, uh, thanks everyone for thinking of me and, and uh, sending me links and stuff. I'm going to read this. Um, this is from NBC News. And uh, this is it's kind of interesting because those who don't uh, know what the Georgia Guidestones are, they were actually referred to as America's Stonehenge. And there's a real big mystery. There's a really interesting mystery behind how this monument got put up. And basically what this monument was, it was not an exact replica of Stonehenge, but a guy walks into the... Uh, um, in Elberton, uh, Georgia, this guy walks into uh, the, uh, I think it's called, um, the the name of the granite company escapes my mind right now. But uh, anyway, this guy walks into the, into the uh, granite capital of the world, basically, is what this is. Uh, Elberton, they, all the granite that you see, like 
probably three quarters of all the uh, monuments that you see and headstones and cemeteries, that all comes out of Elberton, Elbert County. And what uh, this guy, I guess using the name of Robert C. Christian, back in the late, like 78 or 79, uh, he walks into the, uh, the, the Granite City Bank, I guess. He had uh, went initially to the um, the uh, the place where they actually make all these monuments, and he used the name Robert C. Christian. Okay, now this was a fake name, and uh, when he went in to uh, to do this, he said that he um, he represented a group of a small group of people, and they they wanted to uh, make this monument as a as a tribute to a new set of Ten Commandments for a new age of reason. And at the very top of the list of new guides for a new age of reason uh, was was one that just like frightened everybody immediately. It said, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Okay, um, so we're looking at population control, world population control. So at the time, I think world population was between five and a half and six billion people. So that begs the question, if we were to ever do that, who makes the decision at which five and a half billion people have to die and which 500 million get to live? That's a tough question. You'd really hate to put that to a lot of leaders, but there are a lot of uh, folks out there who have been in power, and, and you'll if you go back and listen to that older show, that have been huge proponents of population control and eugenics for one reason or another, which I think eugenics is quite a quite an evil thing, and there's you know plenty of room on this planet, I think. So now we're over 8 billion people, so the numbers just go up. Who decides which 7.5 billion have to die? So, you know, that is if we were to go by the guides. So anyway, uh, a lot of very, I don't know, they call it right-wing, right-wing, left-wing, it's the same bird, right? So people who are bent on conspiracy theories, especially those on the uh, on the right, uh, those who may be, you know, religious, um, they thought it was kind of an evil thing, kind of satanic, okay? Well, they're allowed to think what they want, that's okay. Um, and I'll read each one of these guides so that you see where we're going with this. But um, I, I, I ask you if you get some time to go back and listen to that old show. This was maybe a couple of years ago. Uh, but this is from NBC News. And let me see if there's someone who's attached to this. I can read their name. But by, by Tim Stella. And this was from July 7th. And the headline is, Georgia Guidestones Monument is Destroyed After Explosion. The monument, dubbed America's Stonehenge, was regarded by some on the right as satanic. A Georgia monument that drew curious visitors was derided by a gubernatorial candidate as satanic was destroyed Wednesday after authorities said some detonation, someone detonated an explosive device at the site. The Georgia Guidestones, a granite monument adorned with a message about the conservation of humanity, was demolished for safety reasons after the 4 a.m. explosion in Elbert County, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation said in a statement. The agency released surveillance video showing the explosion and a silver sedan leaving the scene shortly after the detonation. No motive has been identified, and the agency has said only that unknown individuals detonated the device. The 19-foot-tall monument, dubbed America's Stonehenge, bore a 10-part message in 12 languages, according to the tourism site uh, Explore Georgia.
Christopher Kubas, the executive vice president of the Elberton Granite Association, which helped maintain the site, said it drew more than 20,000 visitors annually. The message called for keeping Earth's population under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature and creating a living new language to guide and to guide reproduction wisely, among other things. So, um, anyway, so some people thought it was kind of an evil monument. It had been defaced over the years many times. Um, here's uh, um, in a video Wednesday. Let's see, a former candidate for governor, Republican Candace Taylor, had pledged to turn the monument to dust were she, were she to have been elected. Taylor placed third in the state's May 24th primary with 3.4% of the vote. Uh, in a video Wednesday, she said she believed God had struck down the monument, which she referred to in a tweet as Satanic Godstones. Until I see a video that shows me anything but what looked like lightning or the hand of God moving on a situation, I'm going to believe it was God, she said. If it was vandalism, then there's cameras everywhere. Those people should be brought to justice, she said, adding that she didn't support demolishing the structure through means outside of our legal system. Uh, the monument was in Elbert County in the northeastern part of Georgia across the Savannah River from South Carolina. Now, I've been there. When I uh, decided I wanted to write Revelation Calling, I wanted to use the, the mystery and conspiracy theory behind the Guidestones as a backdrop for a really interesting story. A thriller, a murder mystery, um, a little bit of a faith-based story. So uh, I wrote Revelation Calling and um, I thought it was a you know, really good book. Actually, some people said that's some of the the best story I've, I've written and I've written across a lot of genres. And um, So that was really, you know, I got a lot of uh, you know, personal high praise from people that had read it, and and I really appreciate that. And that was one book that I thought would take off, um, you know, kind of, kind of expand well enough for you know a lot of sales, you know, because it was such a sort of a mainstream suspense story, you know, kind of a political thriller. But the pandemic hit. I really couldn't put any, um, really anything behind like going around doing book signings or anything like that, and. Uh, so anyway, I just kind of floundered out there. I tried to use some social media and, you know, you, you gravitate toward people you think that might buy into those theories and, you know, hey, here's this book, go buy it. And uh, anyway, so I did some of that on the social media. And, but the thing is, you know, the Guidestones, regardless of what you think of them, whether, you know, satanic or not, we've just went through this, this really crazy tumultuous time in our country where people were just going down and like going around tearing statues down, defacing them, vandalizing them. You know, they started with the Confederate statues, and then they moved on to um, George Washington, and then our founding fathers, Thomas Jefferson, and then moved on to Christopher Columbus, and then just any damn statue one after another that it just reeked of like George Orwell's 1984 were tearing down our history. Now, I have a very unique view when it comes to all this stuff, even though I have very strong opinions. And sometimes I share those, and you know, but a lot of times I you know, kind of just stick with topics that are interesting. All of these statues and monuments, including something like the Georgia Guidestones, are they're already there. Um, the Georgia, I don't really agree with the with the premise behind what I think is behind the Georgia Guidestones. I mean, if you read them in context, some of them sound, some of the guides sound okay, but if you read them collectively. That is the word I don't like, collective. 
and uh, and it you know because it kind of sort of had that whiff of new world order and one world government and communism okay it's uh, yeah it's uh, so people have to give up freedoms and i'm not about that i'm all about freedom of speech and these monuments statues that's all about that now you might not agree with the person whose monument is up statue is up or what these monuments have to say but they're there for a purpose and we could repurpose that in this time. Let's stop tearing down our history and exploding monuments like this and have a discussion. You know, if you don't like some of the Confederate statues that are there, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is, you know, just, I guess, heritage in the South. I'm not, I'm not going to go question why some people would have put something up 100 years ago, 150 years ago. But now we have an opportunity to go to these statues go to these monuments, take kids there on field trips. Let's learn something. I'm not afraid of our history in this country. The good, the bad, or the ugly. All should be taught. But we shouldn't teach everybody to sort of hate the place, where the rage is out there to tear down everything because, ah, we're a horrible, racist, terrible country, and let's tear it down and build it up. Well, build it up to what? Um, you know, these, these folks that are violent like this, there's nothing good going to come out of that. So, yeah, let's use these as teaching moments and, and learn from the past. And, uh, that's the thing about our country. We can learn from our own past and, and, and become a better place tomorrow. And that starts with each and every one of us. And, you know, whoever blew up the Guidestones, uh, I hope they catch them. I'm glad no one was there to get hurt. That, that's horrible. But I'm also glad I had a chance to go down there and see that, kind of get that vibe and, and talk to some people there as, before I wrote that book. And, you know, um, we may never know who built them who Robert C. Christian is. Now, there was a documentary that came out that made claim it was somebody, and, you know, I have a hard time buying that. I think that was more of a staged event for the documentary, so I'm not I'm not really buying that, um, that it was just that easy for them to find out after all these years of people trying to find out who it was. So, um, and I'm not going to pitch their, their documentary, but you can you can Google it. It's not hard to find. But here's what uh, the, the Guidestones had to say. Here's the 10, 10 guides. One, maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Well, yeah, I mean, that, that sounds good on its, on its nature, on its front there, guide reproduction wisely, but um, what does that mean? Are we going to force people who want to have children to not have children? Are we going to sterilize people? Um, are we going to choose only certain races? Um, you know, improving fitness and diversity. Yeah, I mean, it's, all that does sound good, but you know, what if somebody somebody wants a cheeseburger? You're not allowed to, not allowed to eat it. I mean, I mean, what kind of tyrannical measures are we going to put on a society that is a free people or a world that should be full of free people, freedom, liberty, the, like the real thing? I'm not talking about what your government gives you, but what we get from God. Uh, unite humanity with a living new language. Well, what, what language are we going to be speaking? <laughs> you know, um, if it's not one that's already here, what are we going to be speaking? Uh, the next one, number four, rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. Again, sounds, sounds like a, a reasonable thing, but what if it's your tradition and you've got to curb that or give up half of what you think your, your tradition is because other people are offended or it doesn't fit the version of tempered reason of whoever's in control. 
you know, I mean, they're, each one of these have pros and cons. And this is why it's important that, you know, the thing is up. Let, let's discuss them, you know, let's, um, yeah, that, that's why they're, they're there. So blowing things up, you know, it's not, I'll, I'll, you can look up the guidestones if you want to read the rest of the guides, but it did kind of, you know, kind of strike to me as, you know, total Green New Deal, sort of world communism, um, population control. Even though some of the stuff sounds like there are good things that come out of it, I mean, something can smell like dog shit. You could write a poem about it, make it sound like it smells like roses. You know, um, anybody can be clever with words. So that's, you know, but here's one of the really interesting things about it. That, um, that uh, monument actually... It was built during the height of the Cold War, so we need to take that into context too. And when the when they built it, they said it would, uh, you know, it would survive any kind of, you know, natural disasters. You know, the creators there that made it said it was, uh, you know, any kind of upcoming solar, nuclear, or economic calamity. They wanted it to be able to still be there, and uh, and then it just became a subject of conspiracy theories and, you know, legend of connection to like Satanism and things like that. Um, I, I want to thank the folks at Super Talk, uh, Christy Slaughter Show, for having me on uh, Saturday. They, you know, they they called, they emailed me and said, "Hey, you heard this happen? Can you come on the radio and talk about it?" Because because I talked about the book on the radio before and the mystery behind it. Um, but you know, one of the interesting things about this thing, it uh, in the event of a world calamity, let's say a nuclear war with Russia, and a lot of people were wiped out. Um, the thing actually functioned functioned as a compass, a calendar, and a clock. <laughs> so um, they actually had NASA come in. The, the way they put this thing together was brilliant. They had uh, people from NASA come in to actually line it up astrologically. So um, not only did it have the guides in English, but it had it in seven other languages and four ancient languages. And it was a monumental, expensive uptaking at the time. But it was put up in uh, 1980. Actually, it was put up, um, I'm trying to see if I can find a date, but anyway, early March sometime in 1980, March or April, and um, it was the, uh, the the Elberton Granite uh, Company, Granite Finishing Company, that uh, that put it up, you know, um, that, that made it, so uh, it was truly a work of art, and I, yeah, I hate to see it gone, um, but uh, someone obviously got way too carried away, and I hope they uh, they're brought to justice. Glad no one was hurt, so that's the important thing right there. But uh, yeah, this thing will forever go down in in uh, you know conspiracy theory lore. It's uh, it's not going anywhere at this point, you know, because now it's kind of carved in stone, so to speak. That you know this monument was up there, and uh, was you know. Well, people will be writing about it or talking about it for a while, then maybe we'll forget it. But then eventually, sooner or later, these conspiracy theories, they get drudged back up and re-talked about, kind of like, you know, the alien conspiracy theories and, you know, whatnot, everything, you know, government cover-ups, you name it, it'll disappear for a while, it'll come back. Hey, people have to make some money on advertising on TV, right? you got to have something interesting to watch on the Travel Channel and the History Channel these days. But uh, I do want to say a special thank you to a buddy of mine and a listener of the show, Jason H., um, alerted me earlier. He was actually defending my honor somewhere on social media, maybe on Facebook. That someone, someone made a comment 
calling me QAnon over the Revelation Calling book and maybe this, my interest in the Guidestones. Okay. Hey, first of all, Jason, thanks thanks for that. Um, but this was a, apparently the person making these comments and calling me that was a fellow writer, also a, a writer that, uh, according to Jason, had said, and I haven't seen this, so I'm taking Jason's uh, email on this um, and, and just kind of relaying it, but he, I guess, said that I shouldn't be allowed to publish books. I guess calling for my censorship. A fellow writer calling for my censorship, calling me QAnon. First of all, <laughs> if, if this person knew me, um, that would they would realize that's the most dumbass thing they could probably say about me. Uh, so, whoever this magical person is on social media that wants to think I should be banned, I shouldn't be allowed to publish, um, get your happy ass on Podbean. Go all the way back to my first podcast. When uh, when I, my very first episode, I held off doing this show because I wanted my first guest to be a QAnon influencer on social media that had 50,000 followers, I think, on Instagram. No, she was a piece of work. Now, I will be fair. When she talked to me off, off uh, before the recording, very nice, very friendly, nice girl. She bought into the whole thing. And um, anyway, go back and listen to that. She A lot of F words in it. I'll, I'll just give you a heads up. It's kind of tough to listen to some of the language if you're not used to it. But I just I flat out asked her. I said, you know, when people hear you making these claims, I mean, you know, people are, the first thought is that you're batshit crazy, right? And I just, I told her I was going to ask tough questions. So I did. A very interesting interview. Actually, one of the most downloaded uh, that I ever had. Uh, because, man, those QAnon folks will listen. Um, they'll seek that stuff out. You know, all you have to do is put a hashtag QAnon and uh, and people find it. And, pro you know, probably people in the government, too. They probably flag that stuff and listen to it, too. So go back and listen to it. Really interesting dialogue <laughs> she and I had. Um, but as a fellow writer, I want to say this. And uh, thanks, Jason, for sticking up for me. Um, and, and I appreciate you making a comment that, it, it almost came like, yeah, I'm like, I'm glad you said this, Jason. You, you put a post up. You know, I am, you know, I'm not going to lie. I am fascinated by conspiracy theories. They are so much fun and good for sharpening your reasoning skills, thinking about things. Yeah, I enjoy them. But think about this, fellow writer, if you're listening. If people didn't follow down some of these rabbit holes, would someone have ever written Close Encounters of the Third Kind if they didn't follow that rabbit hole? Would Vince Flynn or James Patterson have written many of the books if they didn't believe in, like, deep state government corruption? Some of those thrillers, those amazing stories that they've told over the years? Would Dan Brown have written The Da Vinci Code? Would you have ever seen The X-Files on TV? Somebody writes that stuff. And I've always thought that those those types of conspiracy theories, they fascinate a lot of people. They fascinate me. And why not write about some of these things? I'm not, I'm a fiction writer. I'm not out there writing something as if it's gospel. I'm not. Revelation Calling was a great book. The backdrop of it was the mystery behind the Georgia Guidestones. And yes, a deep state thriller, a sort of political thriller, um, but with a lot of mainstream feel to it. 
you will find things a lot more, you know, not, there was nothing egregious about this book at all. As a matter of fact, the guy who probably said this hasn't probably read page one of anything I've written, I would guarantee it. Because if he had, he'd know that, that comment and calling for me being sort of banned or shadow banned or um, censored or whatever, it was complete BS. So Jason, I'm glad you didn't call for his censorship, but Jason made a post that said, any writer that calls for another writer's censorship or banning probably shouldn't be read themselves. You're right, Jason. To some degree, you're absolutely, actually, yeah, you're very right. Now, they have the right to write all they want. They have the right to publish. It's freedom of speech. I'm all about it. You bring it all. The good, the bad, and the ugly. The difference between me and the guy who's making political comments about me and my political opinions, which are just that, opinions. And I don't share too deeply on many of them. But, you know, everybody's got an opinion. And that's okay. We all don't have to get along. But the difference between somebody like that he would say, this other writer would say, they're all about freedom of speech. I'm sure this writer would say that until somebody says something they don't like. And then that's where they call for the banning of it. That is cultural communism. That is tyranny. Shutting up voices that you don't like, that dissent with something you personally feel. Now, Captain, I implore you to go read any book you want. I've had people go onto Amazon and give me a one ranking <laughs> on, on Revelation Calling and haven't read a damn page of it just because they don't like the premise of the book and they were left wing. I can't help it. They don't leave comments because they left comments and anybody that read the book would be like, yeah, those comments are sort of don't jive with the story. Anyway, I write some fun stories. I was really hoping Revelation Calling would be one of the books that take off. Um, it's a great story. It's a fun story. And uh, I'm not done writing stuff like that. So, by the way, if you want to go on social media and tell people I should be banned all day long, damn it, do it. Love it. That way more people know who the hell Cyrus Alderwood was, and they might actually go out and buy a book. That I would appreciate greatly. I'll take the free publicity, Captain. Anytime a left-winger thinks they want to shut me up, hey, listen, I'm not going to shut you up. I have no intent on it because I truly do believe in freedom of speech. And uh, we all have that. So freedom of speech is to protect that. It's unpopular too, even the most unpopular. Folks, remember that. Thank you, everybody, for keeping up with the Gonzo Chronicles. I really freaking appreciate you, each and every one of you. And uh, if you get an opportunity, you haven't bought one of my books. Inflation sucks, but my prices aren't going up. By the way, uh, Amazon actually, for whatever reason, I'd sell Revelation Calling at $16.95. But for whatever reason, they've got me my paperback under $5. For whatever reason, Amazon's deciding to discount it. So if you buy it, I don't even know if I'm getting paid for it. I don't even know if I'll get a paycheck on any of it that's sold now. But it's out there. So if you want to read it and it's under 5 bucks, go ahead and go get it. Paperback. The uh, Kindle version's under 5 bucks too. At least if you buy the Kindle version, I know I actually get a cut of that. So. Um, uh, I'll probably only make about a buck or so a book. I didn't want to raise the prices that, uh, that were outrageous. Um, you know, if I was world renowned, I could, I could sell one at twenty nine ninety five. but nah, we all work too hard for our money. And a book is like a mini vacation anyway, in your own head. So, and that, on that note, before I leave, uh, everybody, do you have a chance? Drop me an email or find me on social media. Tell me what you're reading. 
What's on your summer reading list? Summer will be over with soon. We'll all be back to, I guess, the kids will be back to school. Uh, you know, I guess parents are still working all the time anyway. Uh, if you have vacation this summer, what book are you taking to the beach? Hit me up. Let me know. I'm always looking for a good, uh, good book to read. Thanks again, everybody. I will see you on down the road. Cheers.